1: Despite the breeze that's coming off the Mediterranean into northern Egypt, it's still quite warm. Alexandria is not surprising at 31, Cairo, though, is at 39. And the warmth back in Greece has tempered a bit. There's more cloud, and a few more showers, rather more obvious and bigger showers in Western Turkey, which could be quite pokey. Karo's forecast. It doesn't look as though it's going to cool down much. Maybe it hints at it, but I tell you, it gets up to 40 beyond that, well above where it should be. The average high is about 33 at this time of the year, now into September. And the warmth is bleeding out of Iraq and Iran now, but it's still middle 40s and it's still 41 in Doha, without much of a prevailing breeze, which tends to suggest humidity, at least dawn and dusk. We've still got the edge of the monsoon, catching Salala. Not as strong as it was, but it's still largely overcast, often a drizzly and of course, green. And if you go west on the same sort of latitude, the big shower areas that form at this time of the year and then eventually make hurricanes in the Atlantic still are bringing showers a long way north, from Nigeria into Niger, across in Mali as well. In southern Africa, the story is not a particularly wet one, but if you look at the temperatures from Johannesburg right up to Zimbabwe, they are much higher than they should be. <laughs>
2: How states control
3: information? It's controlling the narrative through dominating the media.
4: How does the narrative inform public opinion?
1: An enormous spy
5: balloon. It might not be the most important story about China of the day, but that's what the public pays attention to. How is citizen journalism reframing the
2: story? The Listening Post dissects the media.
1: We don't cover the news. We cover the way the news is covered
2: when the news breaks parts of this community are still underwater when people need to be heard the deepening political
5: crisis here is only exacerbating social divisions
2: and the story needs to be
5: told we were disenfranchised for decades made stateless for decades with exclusive interviews
4: and in-depth reports
6: there's frustration
7: Rashes, itchy skin, itchy eyes, swollen lips, swollen tongues, allergies can present in many forms. They could be simple or fatal. Join Dr. Khoi and I today as we discuss allergies, what you should look out for, how they should be managed, and how to prevent fatalities. This is The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abu Lanza. We'll be back with more stay.
8: When you enter any of our COI facilities, you will be met by our pleasant front desk offices where your child will be registered in our system, after which you will be led to the nurse station. Our competent nurses will try out your child and the needed first aid care will be given when necessary. Your next point will be the consulting room our proficient and friendly doctors will examine your child and give the appropriate diagnosis and treatment from the consulting room you may require the services of our laboratory which is managed by highly skilled laboratory scientists and then to our well-equipped pharmacy when it becomes necessary to admit your child you will be nursed in either our general ward or private ward according to your preference At COI, We aim at giving you the best, your child's well-being, our passion.
7: For staying on the baby doctor with me, Bernice Abu Bedu Lanza. We are discussing allergies today, and uh, allergies are important because in some cases they can be life-threatening. You've heard some people say allergies is uh, something for the rich man. For those of us in this part of the world, we do not have allergies. But over the years, we've seen increasingly that there are a lot of children presenting with allergies. We want to know what causes allergies and answer all the questions around them. Why do some children outgrow them? What exactly leads to that? And helping me have this discussion on allergies is Dr. Koi, pediatrician at Koi Pediatrics in Tema, community 25 and 6. She's got these two facilities that run a 24-hour service for your children. And when we say children here, you know what I mean. Right from day one, Till they are 18 years. You can pay her a visit or just search her on Google. Hello, Doc. Hello, Ben. It's, it's good, good to, to have you, you here once again. And Thanks. today we are talking about allergies. And you know, we often hear it, hear it being said here in Ghana that allergies, dear, Foyare you dad about for you, and that those of us who are born in the hard places you know <laughs> you know we start hustling from a young age we have nothing to do with allergies but what exactly causes allergies
9: <clears throat> thank you benice and hello everybody <laughs> allergies are when the body is responding to things we call them allergens the things that the body does not like yes and so yes, in the past, I think now worldwide, we are getting more cases of people who have allergies. So it's not only in Just Ghana. It to us. No, it's and I think it's because there's more exposure to the allergens. Some of the allergens, they're, they're insulting agents on our bodies, and some of the things that we eat and ingest prime us up. So what happens is that it's like a a reaction. So you, you have the genetic predisposition. Okay. You are prone to having allergies. Some people are born prone to having allergies. But then when they come into contact with what we call the allergens, that is the things that will bother them, then they will develop the reaction. Okay. So the first day he takes it, he'll be fine. But as the body gets exposed to that same thing, then the body's immune system develops a reaction and produce some things we call mast cells, IgG, I don't want to confuse everybody. But some cells begin to develop more and produce more of soldiers to fight their contraband. And so when the person takes in the the allergen, then the body begins to to react. Mm -hmm. The allergens can be something in the environment, you breathe in, Mm -hmm. you touch, it could also be something that You you put in. Sometimes it's something in the environment, and so your eyes will begin to complain. Yes, so the allergens can be varied. It's not necessarily food all the time. Yes, So you the predisposition, the likelihood that I will have a reaction to some things is genetic. Mm. But I need the things to come into contact with me for me to have the reaction. So the genes may be there, but the reaction will be later in life mm. as I get more and more exposed to the allergens. If I'm not exposed to it, I won't react to it. Okay. okay? Mm. And because you said it's the rich man, this I want to you know, um, studies have shown that of all the people who are born, those who are born with no history of allergies in their family at all, 12 percent may have the genes for allergic reaction. Mm. And if you have one parent who has some allergies, and then, then the risk is about 30 to 50% that you will have allergies. So if we have a child and we know that a parent has some form of allergies, then if both parents do, then it's like 80% mm. that you have the genes for it. So as to when it will manifest, we don't. it's know. a different question to answer. But then the person is, is prone to it. And I must say, in Ghana, many of the times we say those of us in the hard area, we didn't have allergies. It's because people were oblivious to what allergies how they manifest. Mm. And so it's one of my fun time in hospital. When some a child comes and you ask, anybody has any allergies? oh no in my house we don't have any allergies. And then that is oh me too no but then you start asking. Does anybody sneeze a lot when the place is dusty, doesn't like strong perfume, rubs their the eyes a lot in the morning is then they start pointing oh then they start pointing fingers at each other. Or oh, oh, you have a rash when you wear um, a metal, which is not pure metal. Mm-hmm. By the time I'm halfway down my list of possible manifestations, you see parents laughing at each other because both of them actually have allergies.
7: But they didn't know. They didn't know. Yes. I know a, a, an example of a of a lady who realized she was allergic to certain ingredients because her child was showing a worse form of reaction to it Correct. so there again you're looking at probabilities here because you're talking about genetics and some may manifest
9: a a worse form of a reaction than others right yes Mm -hmm. because the person is being introduced more to it because I told you that a genetic is there but Mm -hmm. you have to be primed up okay and of course I said 80% likely that your child will have if you already Two of you have some, so that means it increases. It's more of an additive, ad- additional measure. Mm. If my parents had it, I may <laughs> also have it. And the beauty of it is, many of the younger generation are being exposed to more allergens than we had the privilege of being primed up. For example, cow milk in our days, we were measuring milk with teaspoon or tablespoon per meal, now we pour. We don't measure. Mm. Okay, so if, for example, I was allergic to carmog, what volume of caramel did I take in my whole childhood anyway?
6: Okay.
9: I took two tea- teaspoons four times like a whole week. Mm. Now my child may take half a tin at a mealtime. And so if both of us were sensitive, who will get the reaction faster and earlier? My child. My child. Because mm. they have been introduced to more of to it. More of it. And even at a younger age, Okay, I may have finished growing up before I started tasting chocolate and having an appetite, developing taste buds to it. Or we got chocolate once in a whole year. If I'm allergic to chocolate once a year, how often will my cells get contact with chocolate so that I start breaking out on chocolate? But My my home now, chocolate is always in the fridge. So if your child is always going to help himself, he will break out earlier. So Mm. that's why... These are some of the reasons.
7: mm, It it makes sense. So it's possible for even two parents to have the genes that allow for them to have children that have allergies to certain ingredients or um, certain things in the environment. But a particular child may be the only one who has it. Yes.
6: Yes, Mm.
9: because we all know that conception is always a game of chance. It's just like how somebody can have ten boys... Another person can have 10 girls, mm. and it's always 50-50 at every concession. Why one person always misses the other 50 and takes the 150 <laughs> is always, <laughs> it's one of the questions only God can answer. So that's how it is. Mm. So we can have the genes. one, It will skip one person. The others may have it, and, and that's how it is. Doc, take us through the common ingredients that
7: are likely to cause allergies in children. We'll, we'll start from what we ingest, and then
9: we move to the other things in the environment. Okay, so I think... Um, let me put in a disclaimer here. That the things people react to are so so varied. Okay, but then there are some common ones. And so... We know, for example, cow milk, egg tends to be common and peanuts or granules as we call it in Ghana. And then some of the plant nuts, people will react to it, cashew, whatever. And then also shellfish. So we hear a lot about people who react to shrimps yeah, and people who react to fish. Yes, and so these are common ones. And so we advise that you don't hurry to introduce them. But then it doesn't mean those are the only allergies. And then when it comes to the environment too, people will react to some dust mites, people react to some grass, people react to dust and all that. So it, it varies, it varies, it varies. But then these are the big groups. But I must say that the fact that your child has a reaction doesn't mean you quickly go for this list and start taking him off every meal. By the time you are done, you have a malnourished child on your hand.
7: Okay, so this brings me to my next question. Does a child have to react to something for a certain number of times before you can comfortably say that this child is allergic? Because like you said, it could probably be something that triggered that rash or whatever it is that we are um, assuming to be an allergic reaction. Or when the child reacts once, we know that that's an allergy for sure?
9: Oh, I think it depends on what it is. Some are so dramatic, Mm. you don't Mm. need a second experience. Okay. Because the second experience may be super expensive. And some too are very neither here nor there. So you may need two more or three to confirm that, oh, this is it. So, yes, you need a lot of observation and then some knowledge and experience. So what are the dramatic signs and symptoms here? The dramatic ones, sometimes the ones we call anaphylactic reactions, sometimes you are having difficulty in breathing. There's a whole breakout on your skin. Your body is getting swollen and all. So those are dramatic. So if, if you eat something and suddenly you cannot breathe, it's dramatic, right? And so that's it. But then there are others that arise here. And goes away the next time the rash comes back, all that happens to you is scratching a bit. Mm. You put some cream on it and 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 it, it resolves. So those are the mild ones. And if I could I could classify, you know, we have different kinds of allergic reactions. Okay. We have the eye, we have what we see with the nose, and then sometimes our chest and then the skin. Okay and so the eye you may see the red eyes um tearing up and then sometimes you see browning of the white of the eye because they've been rubbing and then darkening of the the area around the eye because they keep rubbing yeah so those are things that suggest to you that the child has we call it allergic conjunctivitis the okay. eye has allergies then the nose sneezing a lot running nose. not every runny nose that is common cold or an infection okay and then sniffing sometimes the ear frequent ear complaints and then you hear them clearing their throats. they wake up and they are coughing or sneezing they sneeze for a while and then so everybody knows when they wake up in the house because they will announce they are waking up (laughs) and then after a while they settle down so those are some of the features always blocked nose, trying to get something out which nothing comes out anyway and then the chest, of course, we know famous asthma. Yes. And then the allergy coughs and things. So. And, of course, our skin. Eczema is the popular person. Mm. Yes. And that one, I must say, is common in children. Yes. Normally under one. And normally when you see eczema in a child, that child may have sensitivity issues. Um, yes. And so it's one of the things... We know it occurs in children with allergies. It does not mean every child with eczema has, has allergies. an allergy, but then when you see eczema in a child, you should have an open mind mm. and look out for the likelihood that that child may have allergies when they they grow up. Mm. Yes. And, and so here, the allergies here could be
7: the. Because I heard of a story where a lady said her child would have skin irritation if she wore that child anything but cotton. Yeah. So
9: that's the kind of reaction we are talking about yes, here. Yes, some have contact dermatitis, so they react to the other fabrics. Mm. So that's it. By the eczema, you see the, 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 the dry cheeks and then sometimes some light colors around, patches around the neck mm. and then the elbow. And here. And then, thank you, behind, the, behind knee. the knee. Behind the knee. Yes, and it's it's quite uncomfortable. Mm. So that's eczema. And then sometimes the whole skin feels dry. You have dry rashes on the abdomen and all. And the child keeps rubbing his hand on on the face. Mm. And it's uncomfortable, especially when it's warm. It gets more uncomfortable when they are warm. So they'll get very fussy when it's cold. Okay. Then they are okay. So those are those are the typical. So so it's eczema. not because
7: you had that child. <laughs> Usually, I heard somebody say that. Well, oh, this my my child doesn't like heat because I gave it to him in an air-conditioned room. No, it's a myth. It's, it's probably because the child may have yes. eczema. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting.
9: Yes. Yes. So our body's coping mechanisms. Are determined in neutral so that your AC room for 10 minutes in there cannot determine somebody's body composition and how he responds to it. Right. Doctor, so let's, let's do this. Um, when do we usually see
7: children show signs of allergies? Is it when we wean them of breast milk and they start taking? I remember when we did feeding, you encouraged that we don't throw so much at, at them because then it will be difficult to determine if there's a reaction, which particular food caused it. When is is it, or which time rather, do we usually determine that children have allergies? Is it during breastfeeding? Is it possible to determine it there? Or it's
9: usually done when they are weaning and eating on their own? You can determine at any time. It's just that, as I initially indicated, you have to be exposed to the allergens. Okay, And so for those who may have strong allergies, if the allergens are being passed through the breast milk, they may show the signs, but you need time. And so if he was being introduced to you, normally the first month, he's not likely to show much. So even those who start early, you realize that you may have been feeding the child breast milk exclusive. There may be three months, four months, that's when you start seeing the rash. Okay. Because he's been introduced to the allergens for, for a while but then the average child normally the reactions start showing after they start eating mm-hmm. and then we normally will see them from one year up- upwards the environment ones which are in the house will show up early and the food ones but then the external ones shows up later when they start running around because you know when he's younger he spends more time indoors yes and so he realized that his nose runs and all that and then I must add one of the areas that you can have allergies is your tummy. I think I left right. that out. You okay. can have diarrhea, Internally. you can vomit, yes, oh, okay. and so the skin will give you a rash, but the tummy will also complain. Mm. In his way, you can have abdominal cramps after they take, so they have severe pain, they have vomiting, their, and then they don't know why, and after a while it stops because the contraband leaves <coughs> the system, yes. And so yes, so we normally will start seeing the signs around one year beyond. Okay, and then by two years, three years it gets worse. Yes, because then you've been exposed to so much. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to and there's something we call the allergy match. Allergens don't all show on one day. So sometimes you are okay with something. After a while you begin to react. And mm-hmm. so they manifest differently because the exposure levels vary. Okay. And the body's response to some allergens also vary. Yes, so as I was jokingly talking about chocolate. That if when you were young, you were eating chocolate once uh, a year, Mm. then maybe at 10 years, you get access to daily supply of chocolate. Okay. Your reaction will show at 11, 12 years. All right. So you wonder why all these years... It didn't show. It didn't show. Okay. Okay, because you have been into priming yourself up until now. And now, as if it's not enough, you are even eating them in large quantities. And so you begin to have problems. Okay. What is the danger
7: in trivializing allergies? Because there are some people who say, oh, it's just a common rash. I mean, that's all I can afford. He should eat it. I mean, after a while it will go. What's the danger
9: in that? I think it's you are being unfair and you are being insensitive because it's very uncomfortable, okay? And I always say if you put yourself in that poor person's shoes, you wouldn't have dealt with it that way. And there's no home that can afford only one meal. In fact, there's no benefit in eating one thing all the time. We talked about variety. We talked about, so, if I am reacting to bread, which has wheat, can you give me yam? Okay. Or plantain, or gari, which is easily available, yes. And so, instead of insisting I eat bread and margarine, can I eat gyri and beans. That's also good. Okay, so yeah. So I think, and you should know, there are some allergies, they say, oh, you'll grow out of it. Mm. It's one of the interesting things. For some allergies, you grow out of it, yes. Okay. But continuous introduction of it to the child daily will not help the child grow out of it. Okay. Doc, I'm happy you said this
7: because um, there was somebody who was telling me that There is a strategy to get the child to get used to it. So introduce it to them in little bits until they're able to cope. So let's use milk as an example. If you gave them half a teaspoon or half a tablespoon and they reacted, reduce it. Keep that for a while and then after a while pick it up a bit. They claim that will help the child come out or, uh, you know, break free from the
9: allergy? Well, I've not seen any research to support that. But I know that milk, um, soya, wheat, egg, allergies tend to, people grow out of them Okay. after a while.
7: Okay.
9: I know for milk, for those of us from African sub-region, We have another problem. We get lactose intolerance. So that's another story. Almost every
7: Ghanaian is
9: lactose It is something that happens as we grow. (laughs) So when you are younger, you are able to drink the milk. As you grow, you become more lactose intolerant. The the, the, the enzymes that take care of the lactose, the soldiers in there, they diminish. So now when you take the same quantity of milk, there are no soldiers to take care of them. They begin to bloat so... Like you, when you travel abroad and you think you've seen fresh milk, you play with that fresh milk for a while. If you are not careful, you fall sick. Mm-hmm. But you see these Caucasians drinking them in gallons, yeah. and they don't have a problem. We do better with the semi scheme and the low-fat mm-hmm. one. But if we try the fresh milk, <laughs> so if you do a survey of those who've traveled abroad, many of them started on the fresh milk gallon, and they, they, they advised themselves after mm-hmm. a while.
6: Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, So that is it. The milk, when those ones can, you can grow, but I know it doesn't mean you have to give small doses to, 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 to treat the allergic reaction. If the child has a major problem, you may get it worse, mm. okay? But when it comes to the peanuts and the shellfish and things, it can be quite bad, and so don't bother. And after all, if you can't t- take granola soup, you can take palm oil soup. It's all soup. Mm. <laughs> so... Or garden It's even cheaper. So I don't think we have to expose the children to so much mm. discomfort in the name of treating their allergies. Mm. And I must add that when we see them sniffing and sneezing and clearing their throat, rubbing their eyes, instead of shouting at them to stop because it's a bad habit, let's get help for them right. because they are uncomfortable. And it's not because they want to have a bad habit.
7: All right, Doc. We will be back to talk about the help you can give to kids who have allergies. Mind you, these can be very distracting. They can affect their education, affect their social life. And in some cases, allergies can lead to fatalities. Dr. Koyan and I will be back with more.
8: When you enter any of our COI facilities, you will be met by our pleasant front desk offices where your child will be registered in our system, after which you will be led to the nurse's station. Our competent nurses will try out your child and the needed first aid care will be given when necessary. Your next point will be the consulting room. Our proficient and friendly doctors will examine your child and give the appropriate diagnosis and treatment. From the consulting room, you may require the services of our laboratory, which is managed by highly skilled laboratory scientists, and then to our well-equipped pharmacy. When it becomes necessary to admit your child, you will be nursed in either a general ward or private ward according to your preference. At COI, we aim at giving you the best, your child's well-being, our passion.
7: For staying here on the Baby Doctor, I am Bernice Abu Bedulanza, and I am here with Dr. Koi. She loves babies. Today we are talking about allergies. We've already established what causes allergies, and uh, we've told you what to look out for. We have shared the important information about allergies, not just being um, caused by what we ingest, but also what we apply to our skins, uh, what we wear what's in the environment, in the atmosphere around us. Just before we took that breather, Doc was telling us about getting help for children with allergies. They can be distracting and affect them in education and in so many things. So, Doc, what kind of help do we need to get children who have allergies?
9: Okay, let me start this way. One, for allergies, parents also need to be a, a lot... Um, to be very observant and to note what their children may be reacting to. And so you may do your own a bit of self-investigation and because it's even helpful when you go to the hospital. I know people sometimes quickly want to do an allergy screen,
10: Mm.
6: but
9: doctors need sometimes a bit of guidelines because you can't write a blank check and send it to the lab person that fill it as you you wish. There are some common allergens. But some children don't have the common don't react to the common allergens. I have a child who reacts to garlic. Garlic? Yes. Wow. It's supposed to be very healthy and nutritious. But then so it doesn't he the child is okay with your rice, he's okay with the peanut butter. He's okay with, with the, milk. the milk. He doesn't have a problem with soya bean, but he has a problem with garlic. Okay? And so that is it. I've had I, a I'm few. I'm just
7: curious about how the, the,
9: the, the reaction presents. It's a rash, a skin rash. Okay. She breaks out and she scratches her whole body. Wow. To garlic. To garlic. Never had that. That's, yeah. And I met a client who also got a lot of headaches. Wow. Yes, from. So it varied. I've had a child who would not take prickles and all those things. And mm. they are not common allergens. Mm. So, you need to be a bit observant. And what I mean is, if he reacts, just do a dietary recall and note it down. Mm-hmm. Don't try and figure it out. You note it down. The next time you feed again and you see the reaction, go do a recall and you may find one yeah, thing which common. is common. Which is common. Yes. Two, see your doctor. See your doctor because there are some tests that can be done. Or sometimes from the history that you present and the information you share from your observation. The doctor can can figure out who is the problem. Yes, I had a child who had a lot of, who was always coughing, was pretty unwell, and they were thinking of everything. They had virtually eliminated everything in the food. Guess what it came out to be when he did, initially I suggested allergy screen. They said, no, they went somewhere, they took a pineapple, everything except I mean... The, then we did a test, and he was reacting to dasmite, and Daddy had just bought a new sofa.
6: Ah.
9: and the boy will not sit still, okay, so he somersaults in the sofa, he's excited. Mm. Mm. Then he gets a reaction. Mm. His skin was terrible, okay. okay, And so it was pretty funny, so all the food were not his problem. His problem was the sofa.
7: the sofa
9: He wakes up, he goes into the sofa, he finishes eating. He Goes into the sofa, he gets a reaction. So everybody was pointing to the food, okay? But it was the sofa. Mm. He took the sofa out of the house, and there's the third, you have not seen him. Yes, yeah, so it can be that tricky. It's just to let you know how tricky it can be, but mm. some observation is helpful, and then there are tests that can be done. But please don't just walk in and say, I want to do an allergy test. Okay, you can test for so many things. Mm. There's even pollens, right? Yes, pollen. So, so those are the flowers. environment. Flowers. Some people, mm. you realize, they know start running when the weather changes or when the trees are budding, mm. the flowers are coming out. So those who have the four seasons, it's easier sometimes to, to observe that um, during spring and autumn this is happening, and then in winter, yes. But then for us who have two seasons sometimes, so you notice that whenever he goes into the garden, He's uh, rubbing his eyes, his nose is watering, pollens are there, all the dust, all mm. exhaust fumes. Mm. These are common ones for the eye and the nose. Or
7: even the fur from the pets, the cats and Thank the dogs you. and all it's yes. ones. I think it's, an, it's, an, it's a,
9: a place a lot of parents do not pay attention to. Yes. Mm. And now, you know, Ghanaians are getting exotic. In the past, our pets stayed away from us. They sleep with us. And now we, 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 we are learning fast. And so we are having the poodles and the other things that the children are, are so close to. So, yes, fair is one of the common. And then carpets, mm-hmm. because of the dust mites I took, talked about. These ones are tiny gem, organisms that stay in fluffy areas. So the teddy bears, the blankets, the duvets that we put on the children, oh, wow. the floor rugs the carpets, the, the fluffy sofas. Mm. Yes, so these are all things that you may want to look at if you have a child who is having all these funny symptoms you are talking about. Because sometimes all you need to do is to take out the carpet, the rag and the child is fine. Okay, so those are some of the common ones that we see around. Before you jump to food and begin to put the child on a special diet, and then if you want to look at the food, you, you feed, and you know, I said, don't really introduce too many things at a time. So you can do elimination and introduction, elimination and introduction. If you are struggling, after you've done this for about a month or two, just share your findings and all that you've done with your doctor, mm. and then your doctor, based on what you share with him or her, will be able to know what is best mm. for the child. Mm. Yes. And so that's what I would say.
6: Mm.
7: Doc. I mean, at this point, do you've told us that some children outgrow certain allergies. Some may begin to show reactions later in life. It doesn't mean it was not there. It could probably be that they are now being exposed to larger doses of the allergens, which are producing the reactions. Do children with allergies have to be on constant medication? Or um, you give them the medicine as and when
9: they react? Yes and no. It depends on which allergic reaction the child is. For example, if the child is asthmatic and it has been defined, you know, we, we kind of classified. There are some categories that will have to be on medication almost every day mm. unless we know what the offending agent is and then we pull it out. So for some children, you just get to know the allergen you pull out the allergen, and the reaction will stop. So then there's no need for the antihistamine. Mm. But then it is not right to unilaterally say, he's taking too much. Then you stop. Then the child is suffering. And for many children, where we have they even have to stop, I think I should share this, many parents make that mistake. After five days, six days, they think, oh, he's had enough of it. The symptoms are better. Then you stop. As soon as you stop... The reaction flares up again. Mm. So, the advice is that he stays on it long enough for the cells to be under control, be managed by your doctor, and then when it's time to stop, we tail you off. We don't stop one. Mm. Okay, so we, we tail you off, and so that the child body, because you are trying to suppress some cells who are upset. Okay. And we all know that when we are suppressing somebody with a bad behavior, I mean, when you are molding, <laughs> I shouldn't say suppress, molding a bad behavior, shouting once or twice, do not do it. You have to be repetitive in the correction. And then after a while, the mm. person will, 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 will be molded. So that's the same thing with these cells, the allergens. Mm. When you expose them for a while, then they go haywire. But then the person may have had the and if you are controlling the allergies please don't do hit and run hit and run hit and run but if the child has been on been well controlled for a long time we can we take off you off the medication and then as and when you are exposed to, so for example this child i'm talking about who is allergic to garlic so whenever she's going to eat something with garlic she knows she's going to be in trouble so she will take her antihistamine okay or have it available. Okay. Uh-huh. Because, but if she's eating all her usual meals without the garlic, she, she doesn't need, to. need an antihistamine.
7: Mm-hmm. So it appears to me that those who may have to be on an antihistamine for a long time, are those probably reacting to the environment because um, they leave home to school, you don't know what they're going to encounter. It's my
9: theory or analysis, right? I think you are right. Is The environmental is a little more difficult to manage. Mm-hmm than the food allergy. Well, food allergies, if you know them, you just take their food out mm. and there's peace, mm. unless you don't know which of them. But the environment, if it's dust and you live in an area. In Ghana, even if you don't live in that area, you will drive through a dusty area. Mm. And so for such a person, then the antihistamine will be useful.
7: Mm.
9: But when it comes to food, I think it's the easiest to eliminate right because you have control
7: mm-hmm. doc talking about food reminds me of another story i i was told part of a child being allergic to a certain spice so here again the they struggled because they couldn't figure it out okay is it is, is, is it milk what is it is it but it was a, a particular spice that was being introduced so here Usually it's the test that tells you right because yes, if you're allergic to cinnamon or to curry or to um, rosemary or to mint, whatever it is,
9: <laughs> the test can tell you, mm. but sometimes the test will draw blanks depend on what because the test is testing against specific things, okay, the allergy mm. test they 've given you the allergens. And they are testing the child okay. against them. Okay. So, if the group of allergens selected does not include, include? cinnamon okay. and all the others, then we may test because we are chasing granite, we are chasing wheat, we are chasing rice, maize. Yes, but then they are test for spices too. And now they have those panels, they call them panels, allergy panels, will have some of the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. I have some who are allergic to types of onions and things. Yes. It's quite an interesting journey, I must say. Mm. Yes, so, but it, it gets very tricky. So, that's when observations and um, getting become helpful. One of my own reacts to bicarbonate. Oh, wow. Yes. And so, if the food has any bicarbonate, you know, and some pastries have it, mm. some don't. So, if you are not careful, you think the problem is with the wheat. Okay. But the problem was the bicarbonate. And she doesn't take any of the spices, any of the gluten she will react so so if you do any artificial spice mm. there's a reaction okay so if you were looking at the peanut butter and the chicken you take all the food out if you were consistently using these spices. spices, yes.
7: So here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to open your mind to the possibilities, right? And not for you to focus on the usual. If you're someone who's struggling to figure out what your child may be allergic to, we've spoken about thirst, we We've talk, spoken about um, dust mite, which is in fluffy objects. We've spoken uh, even about spices. And Doc just mentioned onions. I'm just it's the first time I'm hearing that someone could be allergic to onions. So we are learning a lot here on the baby doctor. Doc, allergies can be fatal. Yes. We don't hear a lot of that here. I don't know if it's because we may not be gathering the statistics around that. But I have read and I've heard of stories in other places where policy has been created as a result of the death of a certain child in, in the UK. I know of a story of a boy who was terribly allergic to peanut butter and died as a result of bullying because his friends thought he was just being uh, a mommy's boy and threw the peanut butter sandwich in his face, and he died because he had a terrible reaction. I read the story of a girl, again in the UK, who went to the airport to buy something, and because she knew she was allergic, she decided to find out, and in advanced places... The allergic information is on the label, actually. So it was there. But they realized that there was, like I'm saying in the spice, there was a sub-ingredient, something that was used to produce a certain ingredient which she was allergic to. Unfortunately, she died mid-air in her journey, even though she had an EpiPen. And I'd just like for you to share with us what an EpiPen is and how it's used, because you are the doctor. I <laughs> will do justice to that. But <clears throat> allergies can be fatal. You've told us about what to look out for, difficulty breathing, but I've also read about swelling of the tongue, which can happen progressively and create that difficulty in breathing. So someone may think that, oh, it's just a little swell I'm seeing here. Share with us some of the things, allergic reactions that lead to fatalities and uh, how we can begin as a people to pay more attention to
9: that. Okay, Thank you. Yes. You know, I talked about swellings of the body. So any reaction, the worst ones are the ones that affect your cardiorespiratory. Anything that blocks your airway, it's a problem. Mm. And so, as you said, the tongue was swelling, then the throat swells. And when the throat swells, it closes up. You can't breathe, and so you will die. Likewise, if your chest is tired, there's asthma attack. It gets tighter. The more anxious you get, it gets worse. You can't breathe. If you are not nebulized, when we don't use the inhaler or we don't use the nebulizer to take off the spasm because the chest, the lungs go into spasm. And when, when you tighten up, air can not go in, right? And then you are more agitated and so you are trying to breathe. And then the air is getting more trapped. So you see them coughing and coughing and coughing mm-hmm. and then... They start panting. So whenever you see anybody who is struggling to breathe, it's a major emergency. Mm. You and, and
7: Doc, here struggling to breathe means what? Because there's some people who are torn between is this just a usual congestion? where the child is doing?
9: How do I tell
7: if when this I is
9: a real struggling breathing to problem? When you see somebody struggling to breathe, he breathes faster okay. than usual. Okay. And then sometimes, if it's a child, you raise the shirt and you see that the ribs are going in and out okay. because he's struggling to breathe. On a normal day, when we are breathing, our ribs don't move. They don't go in the opposite direction. And then sometimes you see that there's this gap around under, in our neck, and it's going in. When you are breathing normally, yes, where you are pointing is good. Mm. You breathing normally, there's nothing called a tag there. We call it a tracheal tag. Mm. So when you see somebody breathing more putting in more effort to breathe, using all the, we call them accessory muscles, additional muscles to breathe, then that person is struggling. Yes, and more often than not, they want to go into the open space, and you realize the person is restless or uncomfortable. Yes, sometimes when they are in public, they will try to manage it, but you can tell that the person is not comfortable. Mm. Those are signs that that person needs urgent help. Asthmatics die often. Yes and sometimes we think it's the children, no, even adults, because they think, oh, it's the usual stuff. I can manage it using my inhaler. If you use two, three puffs and you are not getting the relief that you are used to, please move. Mm -hmm. Even in the well-developed places with all the resources, Mm -hmm. many people die en route to hospital. By the time the ambulance comes, the person is unconscious at home Mm -hmm. and it's gone. So I think when it's any allergic reaction that affects your breathing it's an emergency any one that makes you very uncomfortable and restless it's an emergency go to the hospital and you write you see peanut it will kill you in in because you know i said they don't even they don't they don't leave you yeah you grow with it and those ones can be very aggressive like those who are allergic to shellfish they are in a restaurant, they eat up? something, they swell up. And when you are swelling up on the face, know that the other mucosa, the other parts of your body are also swelling up. Mm. And so it is a major emergency. You sit there, before you say, Jack, your friend you are chatting with it's gone. is gone. Doc, yes.
7: what's an EpiPen? How is it used? Do we use it often in Ghana?
9: No, we don't use it often in Ghana. It's EpiPen is it's a pen that has measured dose of antihistamine. Okay. So uh, epinephrine, EpiPen. So when you have severe allergic reaction, mm. you inject it in your skin so that it will stop the, the reaction from continuing. Mm. Yes, but for those, for her in particular, so that's why she has an EpiPen. She has very mm. bad reactions whenever she takes in whatever it was. Mm. And so, but it looks like the EpiPen couldn't help because normally it's a first aid.
10: Mm. Okay.
9: Uh-huh. So when she noticed she wasn't well ideally, she should have gone in the air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. should have gone to the hospital Mm -hmm.
7: Interesting I trust you've learned something really important here Doc's message to you is for you not to think that you can manage an aggressive form of an allergic reaction rush to the nearest health facility and get an intervention well it's been exciting today but we have more tips for you, watch this (laughs) Allergies occur in people who
4: have genes that make them prone to allergic reactions and are frequently exposed to allergens, that is, what their bodies don't like. The body takes time to mount a reaction to allergens, so contact with the same thing can occur many times before a reaction occurs. Allergic reactions can present as itchy eyes, throat, ear and skin, red eyes, rashes and swellings of parts of the body and difficulty in breathing. Delay the introduction of formula and processed foods to protect your children from severe forms of allergies.
8: Hello, do you have any questions for your baby doctor? Send a video or text to 0557 456 Would love to hear from you.
7: So, those are our tips for you today. And before we go, in just a minute, Doc will be sharing with you what the first aid should be on your way to the hospital. Remember what we said about aggressive forms of reactions. You need to visit the nearest hospital. But what should you do en route? to the hospital?
9: I think on on, on, en route to the hospital, every person who has somebody with allergies may have had an encounter before. And so you may have been given some medications to manage it, which you may have some left. And so you must always have an antihistamine at home. So if the child begins to react, give your antihistamine before you set off. Please, if you don't have at home, don't say you are sending somebody to the shop to go and buy and wait. Mm-hmm. No, and when you give the antihistamine, don't say he always gets it. So I'm watching. You know, antihistamines are things like pyritin, like um, his We have the right claritin. claritin is one of them, and then there's the loratadine, which is arius, is also one of them. So these are ones that your doctor may have given you in the past. Always have some. And for those who are asthmatic, you should always have an inhaler which has not expired. And which is not empty. And for the asthmatics, you know, when you know how to manage them well, they can have no attack for a very long time. they get complacent. And you get complacent. And the bad day, I don't know what is about, night and and, and drama. And when it happens, you, you don't have your inhaler or any emergency. And if you don't have that at home for an asthmatic, that is quite significant. So I think you should always know what works for your child. And you should always have some at home, mm. but even when you have it at home, after your first dose, if within 30 minutes you are not seeing the expected improvement, please proceed to hospital. Mm. And remember to tell your doctor what you've done okay. when you arrive. Right. Thank you.
7: Thank you so much, Doc. And I'll just like to add that for a friend of mine who is asthmatic, what she believes should be done by asthmatics like her so is to have, if you can afford it, have about three or four vantage spots. Because usually, sometimes under an attack, you can't express yourself. Where's your where's your inhaler? Everybody's asking where's your inhaler, and you want to tell them it's in the bag or in the purse in the bag that you took to church on Sunday, and you can't speak. So everybody knows that if we need an inhaler to um, help in getting first aid for you, we can either find one in the kitchen or in the bathroom or here. So if you can afford it, uh, that's just some additional tip from an asthmatic that you can employ thank you so much dr koi dr koi is with koi pediatrics they are located in tema community 6 and 25 it's a specialist children's hospital okay so from day one or from zero years to 18 years or right, 18 years you can visit koi pediatrics for all your health needs and dr koi will be there she's got a wonderful team with her and they love children to bits so it open 24 hours you can go there and get the best of health care for your children. Also, Azelle Vogue clothed me. Very beautiful dress I have here. Uh, you can get one for yourself or you can get one made to your specifications. Call Azelle Vogue on 244 155, 0244 155 Or visit her page on Instagram, Azelle Vogue, and see all that she's got for you. For all occasions, she definitely will sort you out. And what can I say to Think Media, where we are bringing you this wonderful program from. They are your experts when it comes to everything media and creativity. Do contact them. Uh, If you've got a project to work on, they will gladly help you. And to you for doing the watching. I appreciate you. Much love to you and your household. And don't forget to always keep the children happy, because happy children make a happy home. See you in our next edition. (laughs) Hey! (laughs)
11: with National Theatre and Joy Affair. Roverman Productions presents Naked in Bed, an original able-white play. Your mother said you are calling off the wedding. Where? My dress is ready. And I must wear it. Drinks have been bought. And I must drink it. Big men are
10: coming. And I must grab one. Where? I caught him in bed with my friend Mercedes. Jesus. No. She
11: said Mercedes, not Jesus. Venue National Theatre. Date, September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 8th, 9th, and 10th time one show on Fridays at 7 p.m. Two shows on Saturdays at 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Three shows on Sundays at 1 p.m., 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Rates, 150 Ghana CDs. For tickets, now. Star 365, Star 535-HASH. WhatsApp, 050-554-6010. Or visit all usual outlets. Sponsors, GCB Bank, Geno Tomato Mix, Ebony Condoms, and M Notify. Roverman Production, be the diff. Hello there.
5: To provide timely information and to explain educational reforms and to discuss school models and interventions, the Ministry of Education, in partnership with the Teacher Education Journal, presents to you the first-ever education TV talk show, The EduTalk Show. The Edu Talk Show keeps you informed and updated on trends in
11: the world of education, the Ghanaian teacher is so versatile. Provide him the opportunity, train him, and that teacher will perform wonders.
7: Where are the women? They are doing very well academically, but they are not in the sciences and all of that. So technology is missing a lot more women that they could have had. We
12: need to tell the parents at the moment what you are getting is is covering only an aspect of your child's education, and therefore it's very difficult for you to make any decision with the limited information you have. We
5: still have more to
12: do mm. when
5: it comes to safe school. Mm. So join us as we speak to our guests on reforms taking place in Ghana's education sector. My name is Blessed Sugan and I am your host.
13: Hi now let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by a wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. We watched these animals roam freely in their natural habitats undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown cranes, mara, silky chickens, nalas, shuttle and ponies and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults, this price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait to till my
14: next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park bringing you closer to nature
11: artificial intelligence creativity and sustainability Join this year's Africa Rising Six, brought to you by the International Advertising Association, IAA, at the Kempinski Hotel, Gold Coast City, as we uncover the power of building future-ready brands on 5th and 6th September. Speaker, Sasan Saidi, World Chairman and President, International Advertising Association, Andrew Techiapia, Co-Founder and MD, ZPay, Letepu Machaba, Independent business leader, former vice president of home care, Unilever, Ivan Moroki, CEO, Kanta South Africa, Guy Parker, Chief Executive, Advertising Standards Authority, United Kingdom, Steve Bapaiko, CEO, Extreme Ideas, Sami Awuku, Director General, National Lottery Authority, and many more. This conference is sponsored by Margins Group, ZPay, Google, MTN, Goyle and NLA, Media Partners, CNN, Media General, the Multimedia Group, Graphic Communication Group, City TV and City 97.3 FM. Register now at www.africarising.iaaglobal.org for more information or contact Nanatwa on 0242-528431 or the AAG Secretariat. 02444404770
15: i am the founder and president of the national beekeepers association i formed the association in the year 2000 with about 10 farmers in ukranza in the bono east region i was by then working with a rural bank there as head of credit so we gave some loans to some farmers but repayment was an issue researching into it i realized that though the farmers did all that they were told by the Agri-Extension Officers by following the cultural practices, yield was so low. So my research led me to know that they are lacking high pollinator services that will lead to increase in crop productivity. So I brought them together and started to teach them. And we know the best pollinators are beets. Unfortunately, cashew and all the plants, they. Cultivate the apple by beef. So we started the training, and the following year, harvest improved, they paid their loans, and they had money in their account. I suffered the lack of knowing that and harvesting poor crops because of my parents who were peasant farmers and we didn't get much. But knowing that doing this will increase crop productivity and enhance your farm income motivated me and I've dedicated my life to supporting smallholder farmers. We have trained in total over 5,000 farmers have benefited. What we do is to train in communities so the trainees getting it will also go into other communities and keep training. So I say conservatively we've trained over 5,000, but it could be more. Joy News, Joy Business Program is known everywhere. They are online, they are everywhere. So it's going to send us to every corner of the earth. That is the best we can get. Farmers anywhere in Ghana and outside Ghana will also get to know what we are doing. So they will definitely be calling us for support we want people to get in and support them, to reach out to them. The invitations come, but we are limited in terms of resources to move to those areas.
16: Welcome to Echo Africa, I'm Chris Lems coming to you from Lagos, Nigeria. On today's program, we'll hear about a long-standing but increasingly controversial methods of cultivation commonly practiced in Africa. Though considered efficient, it's not so great for the environment. But that's not all we have in store for you today. Also on the show, we'll look at eco-friendly urban arts that makes a big impression Hear how polymer packaging material can be recycled or replaced. And we'll learn how landlocked countries can put plenty of fish on the table while reducing carbon emissions. Here in Africa, slash and burn agriculture is widely practiced. It's a simple yet effective way of reading feeds of excess vegetation before preparing the soil for the next planting. But in terms of the environment, many people believe that torching crop residue in forest does more harm than good. Officials in many African countries are now trying to convince people to give up this ancient practice. But much of the continent is still often engulfed in fire and smoke.
14: Africa is burning. A thick cloud of smoke hangs over a large part of the continent several times each year. Satellite images from NASA show how fires stretch like a red carpet from Central Africa across the southeast all the way to Madagascar. Small-scale farmers like Fusoyeni Isufu regularly burn their fields. It is a widely
3: practiced technique. The fields are exhausted and produce no yield, so I'm preparing this land for plowing. If you don't cut and burn the vegetation that's here, you can't plow it.
14: Though this may seem relatively harmless in rural northern Ghana, the practice exacerbates climate change. Slash and burn agriculture is a quick and low-cost way of prepping land for planting. The fire releases nutrients sequestered in grasses and bushes, such as nitrate, sulphur and potassium. That's free fertilizer for farmers. Unfortunately, the technique is not very effective. For instance, 90% of nitrate disappears when burned. So the soil is soon depleted again, says Tiffin Yeboah, an agronomist in Accra. Slash and bend farming practices have significant impact on food production because, one, it leads to soil degradation, and soil is the basic resource for food crop production. And for that matter, you have high levels of erosion all over. And then it is estimated at about 20,000 tonnes of nutrients are mined through soil irrigation every year. And that's very, very significant when it comes to food production. So you have all these nutrients that is required for food production being mined through soil erosion. Other issue is the use of heavy machinery. Tractor tires compact the soil, while earth churned up by plows dries out quickly. The result, erosion and desertification. Many in northern Ghana depend on farming for a living. Now, an EU-funded project wants to convince farmers here to simply do nothing, that is, to let their fields' life follow for a while.
15: In fact, there are people who even think that if you, if you don't burn your land, you can't farm. So um, that is quite a challenge, that the knowledge and, and the awareness of, uh, of CA is not out there. Also, the period of transitioning from um, conservation from um, conventional agriculture to conservation agriculture, there's a, a time gap where you will not fully get the benefit of CA. And that also is uh, sometimes a discourage for um, some people
14: to, to to do that transition.
15: <laughs>
14: CA or conservation agriculture means no slash and burn and no plowing. Practicing succession planting keeps the earth moist. The plant roots loosen the soil, enabling it to recover and increasing biodiversity.
8: The project taught us
17: methods which we didn't know
8: before. We
17: used to plow the field with tractors. They taught us not to slash and burn the field, along with other methods, like planting different crops every year on the same land, or to do mixed cropping on the land.
8: And it's
17: working out quite well.
14: Saiba Selima signed up for the workshop because she often couldn't afford to rent a tractor. Now her family has enough to eat. The mother of three regularly struggled to feed her family with what her land could provide. Thanks to the succession planting, there is now a variety of vegetables and grains throughout the year. Switching to the new farming methods has been worth it. And Sabina Selima even has enough corn left over for her current harvest to sell at the market.
16: Around half of the world's habitable land is used for agriculture so treating it well is in our own best interest. And we also need green spaces for other things too, like relaxing, playing football, enjoying a picnic in a park, or even, as we're about to see, drawing attention to environmental issues. Here is this week's doing your bit
17: a huge fresco painted on a mountainside it's the work of Saip a self-taught graffiti artist who now specializes in land art his creations are intended to draw attention to global issues facing us today
3: I painted a giant PET bottle, a piece of trash. The idea behind it is to raise people's awareness towards respecting nature, but also water. On top of that, here, we are connected with the rest of the world, because the Rhone River starts here, crosses the whole of France, and flows into the Mediterranean.
14: So the impact we have here is quite a global impact.
17: The artworks themselves do no harm to nature. SAIP paints with natural pigments made of chalk, charcoal, milk protein, and water. Thus, the frescoes are completely biodegradable. But they're also ephemeral and disappear after just two weeks. That's why, upon completion, SAIP uses a drone to film each of his projects. That way his art and the message are preserved on video.
18: And how about you?
19: If you're also doing your bit, tell us about it. Visit our website. Hashtag doing your bit. We share your stories.
16: Plastic bottles have become something of a symbol of waste pollution. But it's not just plastics that's clogging rivers and making huge mountains of trash even bigger. Packaging materials like styrofoams and thermocol are also tossed out by the ton on a daily basis. Can they be reprocessed like other plastics? Echo Africa took a trip to India to find out.
18: Thermocol is a type of polystyrene used as protective packaging for pricey and fragile electronic goods the material is light yet it's often been shunned by waste pickers because the slabs are also big and bulky but here in the Simapuri area of East Delhi things have changed Jamila says
13: It used to be impossible to sell thermocol, so it ended up in sewers or garbage dumps. But now we sell it for 60 rupees a kilo, which is worthwhile.
18: For waste pickers like Jamila, it made financial sense to start collecting the material when a thermocol recycling facility opened 8 kilometers away in 2014. The only problem is the bulkiness. So we wrap it in a big net and dispatch it the same day. Thermowaste Solutions employs around 50 waste pickers to collect unwanted thermocol across an area some 20 kilometers wide. It's the company's most important recycling material. Sanyam Jain's company is one of just a handful in India that are even able to recycle thermocol refuse. Some of the firm's revenue comes from manufacturing and packaging companies which are required to comply with thermocol disposal regulations.
20: So according to that all brand owners and manufacturers who are using thermocol as a packaging, it is their duty to facilitate in the recycling of the plastic that they are using in the manufacturing.
18: The recycling process is relatively straightforward. After being shredded, the thermocol is heated up to create a viscous mass that can be turned into strands of plastic. This wire-like material is used to make polystyrene granules. A new material forming the basis for everything from photo frames to bangles. India generates around 1 million tons of thermocol waste per year. However, just 2% is currently being recycled. Mechanical engineer Arpit Dhupar runs Delhi-based startup Dharaksha Eco Solutions. It's developed an alternative to thermocol, made from crop stubble and mushrooms. The packaging is 100% biodegradable and uses no chemicals.
20: What we are doing here is that you know we've uh, fine-tuned a mushroom strain. We've trained it to eat a certain source of carbon as its raw material, carbon as its food. And the beauty about mushrooms is that they are the only organisms that can break down the lignin component. The lignin is what makes the biodegradability of this material tough or long. So paddy waste by itself would take a very long time to degrade in, the, in soil. Uh, but this mushroom can degrade this lignin very fast. And while doing so, it gives it enough strength and rigidity.
18: The first step is to chop up the crop stubble even smaller. And then add the specially created mushroom spores
20: these are billions and billions of spores of the the mushroom strain each spore would then finally germinate into a mycelium of its own
18: The idea is to kill two birds with one stone giving the market an alternative to thermocol while also helping to reduce stubble burning The key innovative aspect is biofabrication the technique of growing a product from living cells The mycelium and crop residue mixture is pressed into moulds which are then baked.
20: This is the place where this mushroom covers this entire bag and grows. This is the nature at its finest, uh, where all these bags are ready to be used, to be transferred into moulds.
18: Another big selling point for the ecological alternative is that it's also moisture and fire resistant. The mycelium packaging can also compete with conventional thermocol on the price front depending on the specific use. Change is already happening in the city of Noida. The gourmet jar makes sauces, dips and spreads that are bottled in glass containers. They used to be packaged in thermocol to prevent breakages. But the company has now switched to the new blocks molded from mushrooms and crop stubble.
7: Right now, uh,
2: thermocol. Of course, they also find, a, you know, it's a problem how to dispose thermocol. But now with this one, because it's ecological, it's sustainable, and you can just put it in your soil, so it becomes easier for them to get rid of it
6: as well.
18: Dharaksha Eco Solutions is now going a step further, and has already begun testing its mycelium product for biodegradability in the ocean. At the same time, the recycling specialists say it will take a lot of time and political will. ...to sustainably tackle thermocol waste.
20: One thing that we've been, uh, you know, talking a lot about is that we need uh, a concession on the indirect tax. Or at least, you know, there should be a difference between uh, the GST being levied on virgin plastic and on recycled plastic.
18: A sales tax reduction would be an incentive for manufacturers to use reprocessed thermocol in their products. The recycling firm also wants to see more education so people know how to better dispose of this valuable material.
16: Finding ways to make the most of valuable materials that will become more and more important as we move forward. Like it or not, the climate crisis is forcing us to reconsider the way we do just about everything, not just how we manage and recycle waste. As one similarly abundant resources dwindle, there is an urgent need to grow crops more efficiently and sustainably. Our next report comes from Uganda.
6: Aaron
4: Kiaga carefully inspects the fruits of his labour. For decades, he and his family have been growing coffee in central Uganda's Liweru district. It hasn't made him rich, but he's been able to support his family. Now climate change is making business even more difficult. In the past, coffee used to yield without pests
14: or long dry spells. We got rain at the expected time.
4: These
14: days, rain is unpredictable
4: and when it stops, we often face longer dry
15: spells.
4: The coffee industry is one of Uganda's most important economic sectors. The African country exports over 250,000 tons annually, making it one of the world's top 10 coffee producers. 99% of it is grown on small farms like Aaron Kiaga's. Some 5 million Ugandans depend on the coffee harvest, either directly or indirectly. But changes in the climate are making things harder for Aaron Kiaga. Researchers and government officials are also alarmed because rising temperatures are increasing the amount of pests
5: and diseases that destroy crops. An insect which was not very serious at some point can become detrimental just because one or two degrees of Celsius increased, either by cutting trees or due to the climate change. That means if, let's say, from egg to egg hatching, if it is taking seven days, the normal temperature, with one degree centigrade, it might take four days. That means the, li- the, the, the life cycle of those insect, insects that are affecting you will increase by two or threefold.
4: With his coffee crop under threat, one solution Iran Kiaga is trying out is planting more trees. In the open area, coffee is exposed to excess heat, and its crop quality is not as good as when it is grown under a tree shade. Planting trees for better harvests is a concept known as agroforestry. It's agriculture that harnesses the symbiotic relationship between trees, crops and animals. Aaron Kiaga is taking part in the robust program, which is being tested on 50 plots of land to determine how the coffee harvest can be protected from climate change. The EU has funded the project
5: with 4.5 million euros. It is a typical African uh, way of farming system. Wherever you go in African soil, uh, farmers use diversified cropping system. You see trees, you see chicken, you see very, very diverse. So now we are bringing that same uh, traditional farming system with a designed uh, approach so that the farmers are benefiting more from it.
4: According to the French development
5: organization CIRAD. 50,000 coffee
4: farmers will benefit from the Robust program by 2025. In addition to their work in the field, Robust provides scientific support while cooperating with EU research and development programs, as well as various Ugandan institutions.
3: We wanted to promote the scientific training of many students within the framework of the project which is why we recruited many thesis PhD and MSc students who will help us implement the project in the field
18: mettre en le projet sur le terrain
3: and these students together with scientists from the institutions will organize and run a whole network of plants
18: organizer et animer tout un réseau de parcelles.
4: Using the symbiotic relationship between trees and coffee plants to improve soil quality and strengthening resistance is one goal. Another is ensuring that the plants are better suited to future climates by breeding new streams of the robust coffee variety. At Uganda's National Coffee Research Institute, Cuttings of these new strains are being given to farmers for cultivation. When the breeding section does the improvement, improvement to different traits, resistance to diseases, yield, and so on, those materials have to have enough numbers so that we avail them to farmers. Specifically for the robust project, they are trying to develop the drought resistant varieties. The robust program is still in its infancy. If it proves effective over the next four years, Fabrice Pinard hopes that it can set a new precedent for sustainable coffee farming around the world.
3: The potential is enormous. It's not meant to stay within the borders of Uganda, and it's meant to be known, and it will be, I would say, open access for everybody this means that initially it will concern all the countries for example in africa that grow robusta coffee and this is quite vast because it starts in uganda and ends in west africa in cote d'ivoire and the coast so this program will be open to everyone
4: it will be some time before the project produces scientific results but some farmers are already reporting the positive impact That tree shade has on their crops. The animals owned by Aaron Kiaga's family are also reaping the benefits. They seem to enjoy the trees just as much as the coffee plants.
16: So there seems to be no way around it. If we want to reduce our ecological footprint, we're going to have to adapt to current climate conditions, not least to ensure ourselves a healthy and wholesome food supply. Here in Nigeria, some regions have set up domestic fish farms. That not only reduces the need to import supplies, the shorter transport routes are also better for the environment.
10: These catfish need to be fed several times a day. Xiongobunlano has been raising fish for a decade and now has four ponds full of them. And he's not alone. Here in southwestern Nigeria, not far from Lagos, some 1,200 farmers work together to operate the large area fish farm. For them, breeding the popular catfish is a solid business.
12: We actually stock about nothing less than 5,000 pieces in the pond. So after putting them in the pond, we we'll make sure that we do feed them like three to four times in
10: a day so that the number will not be reduced to the, to the minimum. To keep costs low, the collective processes waste that it buys from food producers. The farmers use the waste to produce one to two tons of fish food each day or up to six tons during the peak periods. It's cheaper, and more eco-friendly than imported feed. The waste products we use
4: are granite cake, which is produced from after extracting oil from granite. We have byproducts from poultry, which is poultry meal. It is gotten when poultry, um, poultry products are processed, after they have been processed, the, the edible has been processed we have cocoa shafts which is gotten from cocoa we have cassava flour
10: which is gotten from cassava peels a simple sustainable method that benefits everyone that was also the idea behind the fish farm when it was founded 20 years ago everywhere farm village began as a project of nigerias ogun state and local communities to combat poverty in the region and help people earn a stable income and it worked. The fish farmers now make a good living. The water in the ponds is changed every day but that doesn't pose a problem. There's enough water in the region to go around. And while the wastewater is fed directly into the Eriwe River, it's not yet clear whether or not it's having an impact on the local environment. The Eriwe fish farm sells around five tons of fish every day and demand is rising due to Nigeria's continued population growth. Experts believe aquaculture could play an important role in achieving food security here.
19: It enables the community to produce variety of food items. Animal protein, that is the fish, so that can enrich the food base, the food requirements whereby uh, the community will have an array of uh, valuable food materials.
10: To make this kind of aquaculture more sustainable and widespread, various international projects have been launched in the country. where Farm Village began taking part in one such project in 2022 and holds trading sessions on site. The focus is on eco-friendly farming methods and offering alternatives to commonly used chemical antibiotics.
15: Salt and some other things, uh, some, uh, some vegetables, uh, some leaves, are uh, good antibiotics, and the fact that they are natural, it, it helps us, it assures us that we are not doing something toxic to the environment and
10: to the fish and to the people at large. Sheo Obulano once aimed to become an accountant but being a fish farmer has proven a lucrative alternative for him and many others. And in future, the collective would like to use its wastewater for crop farming, making aquaculture even more sustainable.
16: Seems like a positive development, given that food costs and food shortages are still an issue here in Nigeria. We hope you discovered something new or inspiring on today's program. And don't forget, you can check in with us anytime on our social media platforms. While you're there, why not take the time to share your thoughts on the show or any environmental topic that concerns you. For now, it's time for me to say so long. I'm Chris Alems from Lagos, Nigeria. See you again next week.
13: fellow Ghanaians,
19: the month of october is set aside worldwide as a mental health awareness month this year the theme of the celebration is on suicide and suicide prevention the world health organization estimates that globally one person dies by suicide every 40 seconds and in ghana 1,500 annually It is a worrying trend More so because it affects young people In their prime of life In Ghana Over the last few years We have observed An increase in the incidence of reported cases Of attempted And death By suicide In our print and electronic media I therefore deem it important to support the mental health awareness campaign by the Psychiatric Association of Ghana and its partners in its endeavor. Mental health is everybody's business. Speak to someone when you are struggling to cope with it. Seek professional help and stay connected to friends and family you must remember you are not alone God bless our homeland Ghana and make our nation great and strong thank you
12: don't you love the camera let me
2: check the time the time is e-vives and on this episode i'm bringing you somebody very special I always say we're special or they're special because they're special people doing special things here in Ghana and across, you know, Africa. And obviously today is no difference. I am currently somewhere uh, in the house of one of the newest artists that uh you
7: should know
2: about. It's a surprise. So I'm just gonna go inside, you know how we do it. Uh we have chit chat with the person. It's a lot to look out for. It's a vibe o'clock.
12: Ladies and gentlemen, I present to
2: you we are nominated for the best new artist of the year at the Vodafone Ghana Music Awards, Chief One. Hello to you. Okay. <inaudible> <inaudible> <inaudible>
12: <inaudible> <inaudible> uh,
2: uh, so we had a conversation you know you know e-vibes yeah so we normally go to where you know the the journey begins yeah. uh, for for the person so yeah. when i got the invite yeah. coming here i was you know so surprised is this where the journey began for you no no no, no. okay so
12: we're back in the Volta region.
2: Back oh, in the Volta
12: region, actually, this is lion's house. You know. This okay. is where we live
2: yeah. This is where you live. Yeah. It's a big house, yeah. and I gave you know all our viewers the clue about you know. Oh, okay. Is that where you you said all oh, lion? is no, no, no It's no, no. a chief
12: as well. Yes, he's yes. a chief. Yeah, he's a chief. Yeah. Why chief
2: one though? Chief should, should, one. We, should we say something? Or we can sit down.
12: Let's let's feel free. Okay. okay. It's
2: it's a big house. Anywhere. I can actually let's, select where to yeah, sit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. I like, I love you. this background. Oh, okay. Okay. Right here. Yeah. So, Chief One, Chief One, Chief yeah.
12: One, Chief One. Yeah. Why? Chief, one, chief one. Way back, my grandmom do call me Togby, Togby, Togby. Okay. First, my name was Leovers. Leo Leovers. Okay. Little Leovers, you right. understand. Right. Right. But I noticed the name was not selling like that. So right. I just decided to change it to Togby. But to make it more catchy, Chief. chief and I added the one,
2: the only that, chief, yes, so chief the only chief one. with the
12: flesh. That's all wow, fantastic.
2: <laughs> Has it always been music for you?
12: Yes, from day one, you know, music itself, I think it's a gift or a passion. Because way back before Sugar Copper Komboni,
2: uh,
6: right,
12: I do gather my friends and sing for them, and they, f- they feel happy, right? You understand, but later on, I develop it into a business. You understand, I mm. think, I think for. Five years ago, I recorded my ago. first master's, and that's where the, everything started professionally.
2: I want to take you back to, uh, say, 10 years ago.
12: 10 years ago, okay.
2: So 10 years ago, you were probably somewhere.
12: Somewhere, yes. That's yes. where, I
2: want, you see, the conversation is sweeter when we have to go all the way. Oh, okay. So, you know, when, when, when I got the... Uh, invite, invite yeah. uh, or uh, when you sent the, the location, I thought yeah. I thought w- we were going to the. Vo- I know that we we're going to the Volta region. Then the yeah. location brought me here,
12: yeah.
2: and I'm like, oh, wow! But <laughs> it's, it's it's a beautiful place you have here. Yes, it's yes. a beautiful place, yes. and you you're, you're doing good for yourself. Yes, very for the, well for the, for, for
12: the region in Ghana as well. Yeah, understand? yeah,
2: so uh, shall we uh do the region as well? Shall we go back in time?
12: Yeah, yeah, sure, we we can do that. We
2: have time, right? We
12: have time, yeah. we can do that. Let's That's let's let's go back so to the hood, you know.
2: I, yeah. I, I can't wait, I, I, I can't <laughs> wait to, you know,
12: from a very small hood, but you can't show us anything. Mm. Yes, we know inside, mm. you understand, Joffi, yes, but born in Joffi, bred low in uh, Sugar Coffee. Sugar coffee. Yes. So okay. but Ziofie is the hood, you know. Ziofie That's where I spent most of you say ten years ago. Yeah. I think I was in shopping
2: All right, let's go to Xioffee because I can't wait particularly to eat that a workplace. Work and and we have I we how how many hours journey, like it's just two hour, three no, hour normally, journey. For we for we my me and my
12: team we can use like Three or two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah, that's but, because we did fire.
2: But but for my team, we'll, uh, we'll, like we'll do hours. five hours. Four hours. We beg you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, Right there. Okay. Little mermaid. That's, that's your new video. Yes. Uh, new video, Toyota. Toyota. Yeah. What, what's with the mermaid? Can we, can we have a play? Okay.
12: You, you want to watch?
2: Of course. Let's see it again. It's like a big screen.
12: Yeah, yeah, Like a joy news joy <laughs> prime screen.
2: Eh? I get
12: to back Oh, okay. Uh. I'll drive it like a Toyota. Toyota. Yeah. She get back She Toyota.
2: Toyota. Toyota. So we'll have like a long <laughs> conversation about this one yeah. while you're driving a woman like a Toyota. Oh, uh, yeah. There are a lot of things that you can drive. <laughs> That you want to drive a woman like a Toyota, really? but that's the new one coming from Chief One. Yeah. We we'll have a lot of conversation about that. I yeah. mean, you came from somewhere before here, yeah, yeah, so from you know uh, back in the day, your first song till today song. that we're yeah. having Toyota missing out on VGMA's yeah. and all of that. It's a very long conversation. You when want we're to going, stay, right? yeah, on the, road, right? on the road, on the <laughs> road. But promise me five hours. We won't do three hours or two <laughs> no hours. Problem. So Everything. Everything is okay. yeah, please follow us. We're going to all the way to Ziope. You don't want to miss this conversation. <laughs> Chief One is making me dance.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
14: Out. Oh. Yeah.
15: Bobo video, Bobo video, Bobo video, Bobo video. The same, mm-hmm.
10: we know the cross border. No. So, Chief no. the smoke ganja. Mm. Mm. Last last, he got a rubber. Mm. If
12: I
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one
2: is that?
11: Yeah.
2: Is that? Yeah.
12: Oh, this one is a did
2: as
12: Maybe they <laughs> play oh for did for give
6: Uh, Toyota. Toyota.
20: Toyota.
6: Toyota. I <laughs> to